One sec. Okay, there. Um. Okay, shit. All right, I guess, yeah, we'll just kind of take it from here and see what happens. Take it from the top. All right, let me know when Kill you're time, you're ready. I don't want to, like, ambush. Oh, do you want to do the intro? Or do you want to do it? I can do it. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want, yeah, if you want to do it, go ahead. Yeah. Slave. All right, gang, welcome to today's episode of Between the Scandal Sheets, a podcast where we talk about pollen because we were already talking about it anyway. You got the two CEOs of Between the Scandal Sheets here, me, Carly. And me, myself, and I, Rose. <laughs> we have to just tell, okay, guys, like, we the jig's up already, and we're like, three seconds into this okay yeah so today's our high episode <laughs> but yes. what that means is we both have partaken in the slightest bit of marijuana and um, don't be trying to come for us y'all you literally yeah we are we... sorry go ahead <laughs> no you hang up we are both we both live in states where it is legal so we are law-abiding citizens right now <laughs> even if we didn't it's none you damn don't, don't be a narc. We exactly. do live in states where it's legal, but if we didn't, it's none of your business. <laughs> if you, yeah, exactly. If you said it, if you tell anyone that we did it, no, we didn't. <laughs> nah, but um, yes. Okay, so this is gonna be. So Carly and I were talking about it like right before we started the podcast itself about doing a high episode, and we figured we'd we'd stay sobs for the first like handful. <laughs> And now we can, uh, we'll see how this goes. This is truly this is, an ex- yeah. experiment. This is episode five, baby. We, we are guinea pigs. Far. We get to have a little celebration with a little special, special, special report. Breaking news. After 118 days, SAG after a strike has come to an end. The union has reached a tentative deal with the AMPTP and... At this point, Netflix do not have any excuse for keeping promo behind lock and key. So we are just really happy, y'all, and are tentatively celebrating what will be ideally in the future, the floodgates opening and us being inundated with promo and giving y'all long-winded, <laughs> unhinged, Slightly rooted in fact, and exactly analyses about a still that's just like a picture of like Penn's foot. Dude, <laughs> literally, I can just see it now. It's like the picture of Nicola where she like blacked out the necklace or put hearts over it. Yeah. It's like she puts a big emoji over her costume, but we can see like the hem and we're like, that hem is called this, this, and that. And it signals romance and just fucking yeah. go crazy over nothing. <laughs> yeah so y'all i mean hopefully the the renaissance will will start up because i feel like morale has like honestly i think it like tipped the lowest it's ever been in the oh, last boring. like week you know what everyone was just feeling a little Silly a little emotional on the internet right and you know emotions are high it happens but we get it we all are starving for even a crumb of promo of of anything so 
Dude, you know what, guys? Fingers crossed. How good does a mozzarella stick sound right now? Um, that That's doesn't what I want. I don't want. I don't want a crumb of promo. I want a mozzarella stick. I know it's not going to be a full meal, but I need something to tide me over. <laughs> anyway, the oh subject of this episode. Our <laughs> 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 topic for today. We're going to discuss Penelope and Colin's feelings for one another, aka, yep. does Penelope actually love Colin, or is it infatuation, mm-hmm. and is Colin already in love with Penelope, and just doesn't realize it, or not? Yep, exactly. These are other topics that we've seen discussed quite a bit on the interwebs, and we're looking forward to kind of diving in today. We'll start with uh, Penn. And then we'll talk about Colin. Um, okay, so in terms of our sweet girl, wonderful Pen, we love her. But between Carly and I, we are on the same page in terms of our assessment of Pen's feelings for Colin. We both feel that Penelope, while she thinks that she's in love with him, she's really just infatuated with him. Yeah, in my perspective, I just think she doesn't know the whole Colin, because she obviously holds him on a pedestal, and we're going to get into it in more detail. I'm not saying she has no love or no, like, specific type of love or care for Colin. Mm -hmm. I'm saying I don't think she's in love with him. I think the parts of her that feel like that is, like, infatuation with who she thinks he is and not the real person exactly season three is it's gonna change so much but yeah so carly you mentioned like him being on that pedestal um in terms of the book we see it as from the beginning like genesis of their relationship at the meet cute where penelope's bonnet floats through the wind and slaps him in the face and then colin falls off his horse it was at that moment that she idolized him Exactly. And, like, you can call that moment love at first sight, maybe, Mm -hmm. on Penn's part. But really, it wasn't love at first sight, because she runs over to him, she's, like, sub-vocal, she can't speak, she's so scared that he's hurt and he's gonna yell at her, and then he laughs. And it's, like, that act of, that small act of just, not even really kindness, but not being a major dick, (laughs) made Penelope fall in love with him. Yeah. So it wasn't, like, at first sight, like, Sophie and Benedict and whomever else. It's, like, love at first act of kindness, which is valid. She's, like, nine. She's 16, but, you know. Yeah, exactly. Right, she's two days short of her 16th birthday when uh, he gets, you know, knocked off of his horse. Um, But in terms of, like, that him up on a pedestal, like, idolizing him, it's... In the book, it's for less time than the show, because at least in the book, Penelope overhears him tell Antony and Ben when they're, like, kind of, like, ribbing him and busting his chops. He tells them, like, I am not going to marry Penelope Featherington. She obviously overhears that Violet in the past has, like, urged Colin to dance with Penelope. So there's not a lot of misunderstandings on her part in terms of how she thinks Colin feels about her. And, like, at the start of Romancing Mr. Bridgerton, the Penelope that we meet there is already of the mindset 
that she's accepted that her and Colin won't be together. It doesn't mean that she doesn't have any less feelings for him. It's just she knows it's always going to be unrequited. Yeah, exactly. And the pen we've seen in the show, she's not had that disillusion from him yet. Or she does in the last episode of season two. So we're going to be seeing like season three take off from a much different place than the book starts in. Because when the book starts, it's not right after Colin said that. It's years later that they finally get together. She's had time to like stew on it, get over it. The pen that we're going to be meeting in season three is probably feeling she's like putting on her revenge dress in my opinion literally princess diana yeah i'm really interested to see how that changes like the dynamic that we see in the book i know they already have a different dynamic because it's not exactly the same story but still no i no right because the 28 year old penelope that we see in the book i i would argue that she's not as headstrong though and independent as show Penelope especially ideally season three like glow up yeah. you know time to be out in the town so I'm excited to see someone that like even Nicola has said it like she puts more weight into like her self-worth mm-hmm. and herself I think show Penelope is like a little more cutthroat like yeah. the things that Lady Whistledown writes are a little more not more important but a little like more important yeah <laughs> you should yeah, like, they have more weight to them important than events. the Lady Whistledowns in the book. Right, like they yeah, have real, exactly. Real ramifications. So yeah. I think that definitely affects or shows the differences in the characters. But in saying all that, Penelope's 28. She's known that she's, or she's accepted within herself that she's not going to marry Colin. And she doesn't hold him up on this hero pedestal that TV pen does. Right. Yes. And in terms of TV pen, it feels like because Colin, just by virtue of being nice to her, right, like kind, not like cruel and acknowledges her on like the other men in the ton who do treat her like she's basically invisible. A lot of people treat her like she's invisible, right? Because that's why it's easy to be whistled down. People don't notice when she's like cartoonishly eavesdropping right next to them. Like, literally um, but, leaning in with a freaking, like, horn to her ear to listen better. Yes, and literally being like, and then what happened? And they're like, who said that? <laughs> <laughs> was the that wind. the plant? Exactly. Um, was that the half-squeezed eclair in the plant pot? Um, but yeah, like, it's a cakewalk for Colin. He wins by default. There's literally no competition. And when you put it that way, it's like, well, duh, Penn would esteem him so highly. And she would think oh, he must treat her, like, so well then, right? In comparison, yeah. if other men don't even act like she exists. But I would say that nothing about the way he treats Penn is at all special to me until the whole Cousin Jack scandal and, like, him exposing Cousin Jack and being there for Penelope and her family. That feels like he went above and beyond to look out for her and look into Cousin Jack instead of just kind of like hanging back and you know if he had suspicions but just letting it go you know he didn't do that it was kind of like colin colin couldn't just like sit idly by while cousin jack like possibly ruined the featheringtons and caused like a bunch of havoc in the tongue yeah he definitely cares for her we're not denying that yeah but in terms of pen like in and why she would kind of see colin in more of like a hero worship light than what actual like love that can be requited 
eventually is mm-hmm. in my opinion is like we see these like little savior moments from him that like keep growing and when she's like at the epitome of her hero worship after the cousin jack debacle after they dance like that's when she gets cut down that's so hard yeah because for penelope i mean we'll get into this more but like she kind of she really reads into things and sees a lot like and that's i think part of where we love her but we feel frustrated because we're like no this is a canon event that she has to go through which is like he's just being nice to you at this point that doesn't mean he's like in love with you but with something like oh my gosh he's like coming and saving your family he's up in cousin jack's face like telling him you know you got to leave town now you're just you're a fraud i mean like let's be real y'all penelope like under the belt was like underwater (laughs) just drenched she was literally (laughs) leaving a gary the slug trail behind her (laughs) oh my god i'm gonna say actually portia and cousin jack they followed it from the ballroom (laughs) that's how they knew that they were in the drawing room they knew someone was in there so that's how, why how Portia they said... they just going there for fun? <laughs> like, why would they oh, show po- up right then? Wait, no, I'm actually literally deceased because what if, like, Portia and Jack were like, we're gonna have a little quickie. And then they open the door and they're like, oh, I guess y'all had the same idea. <laughs> but I guess no, because the ruby necklace was, like, the perfect plot device to, The ruby know. necklace and the knife that he hits it with that was seemingly just left in the room. <laughs> I think it was there for like cake, maybe. Yeah, but you're right. Is, I don't. Why is random cakes being left out? Being left out from fucking tea time. I was gonna say, yeah, Varley, dude, she's slipping. She's slipping. She slipping. But yeah, I think this <laughs> this again goes into like Penn's overall like naivete. It has her seen like how other men in the town like ignore her, like we've talked about, and seeing Colin as more interactive. So there are certain points where what she's interpreting kind of like comes to a head and Penelope feels a certain sense of confidence. Like, Oh, there's something there between us. Like for example, in season one, episode eight at the Hastings ball, Colin comes over to Penelope and tells her, Hey, I'm wrong about what happened with Marina. And Penn right away is like, you thought that you were in love you know, when someone finds themselves in, like, such an extraordinary position, they should, you know, like, announce it assuredly, fervently, loudly. So that was her plan, was loudly tell Colin that she loved him. And we see her face fall, which is, like, it's just such good acting by Nicola Coughlin in this moment. Her facial expressions are incredible. But you can see just the way her face, like, sags in disappointment because she thought that Colin was going to tell her that he loved her and like you know Carly that for me this scene frustrates me because I'm like he literally just broke up with Marina like you know like give him a second to kind of like process and also like babe he just spent the entire social season being hung up on her talking to you about her nonstop. why would you tell him right now that you love him yeah I think she just got caught up in all the true love prevails yeah. was going around at the time like <laughs> even though George died the relationship that had been plaguing Penelope's life in the form of Marina for the whole year finally got yeah. like a happy-ish ending 
and she's high on that. Daphne and the Duke just got married. Everything's going great. Colin's not with Marina anymore. Everything's looking up. This is the summer of love, baby. And then she <laughs> then she just gets cut down by Colin's. Literally a record skip and they didn't even exist yet. Eat pray love tour. <laughs> yeah. Also, dude, the way that she was like, good, good luck on your tour. And she was so devastated. She's I'm like, dude, already like, sobbing. The, I'm like, like, bitch, like, reel it in. Like, okay, yeah, she she was out of pocket, but also she she's like, <laughs> see you later. And the way that he's like, okay, bye, Pam. Yes, exactly. He's just like, oh, all right. Like, no, bitch, you gotta start crying. I mean, ideally, with the carrot scene, we know that, like, Colin starts getting nosy as fuck. This, like, that Sleeping Dogs Live mofo that we see in season one and two, uh-uh. We need nosy, you know, Colin. But anyway, it's yeah, and, the, <laughs> and, like, in season two, episode two, I think another big scene that we wanted to talk about was that at Lady Danbury's house, the you do not count scene, where Antony, first of all, like, Benedict writes him a poem, and then Antony's gonna read it, and then he thinks he ate when he's like, actually, I didn't write anything. Actually, and it's I like, committed academic dishonesty. <laughs> I plagiarized my brother. <laughs> um, yeah, like, okay, but anyway, before we open that can of verms, you know, at at the same party, we see Penn completely just move, bitch, to Edwina, and then she bulldozes over her, elbowing through debutantes left and right to go talk to Colin. <laughs> and Penn thinks that Colin is saying, like, oh, I was never lonely, you know, I started a conversation with someone, someone that I've known for a really long time, which, like, yeah. He's such a little fucking nerd. This and is it's like, Sorry, go ahead. conversation I've ever fucking heard in my life because of this dramatic kid. Why mm-hmm. are you phrasing it like this, sir? Yeah, someone I've known a really long time. You mean your entire life? Yourself? Yeah, dude. Like, but, but she thinks that he's talking about her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so, Sorry, yeah. so she thinks that he's talking about her because, right, like, it's phrased so weirdly. Why would he be talking about himself or anybody else? And so she thinks, if not a love declaration, at least there's some assertion of deeper feelings. Yes, that he's going to kind of talk about. And she's hoping for a thread that she can just pull on. And okay. she's disappointed. Yeah, she her little face. Oh, oh my god, and the little piano acting. music. Yeah. The minute she's like, yourself, like, y'all, go back to that scene and listen to like the... It's just heartbreaking, emotional damage every time. Dude, so horrible. <laughs> Colin just is the most out of pocket shit sometimes. Like talk normal. Yeah, he yeah, he's all about weird roundabout ways of talking about things. Um, but kind of just tying it to into this infatuation that Penelope has with Colin. A big part of what fuels that is the fact that like she doesn't truly know who he is. Like they don't really know each other. And we see in the book, the relationship is a lot less established. It takes 12 years from the time that Penelope meets him with the meet cute and, you know, the bonnet and the horse for her to finally start getting to know him on a deeper level. And that's when she learns about Colin's temper, his insecurities over his lack of a purpose, how he doesn't think 
that his writing is that good. Like she has to tell him that. So despite him being so popular and this like charmer, she learns all these other parts of who he is as a person. But in the TV show, their relationship is more fleshed out. They've interacted more. They have more shared experiences, even serious things like the family drama with Marina in season one. And then the whole cousin Jack gemstone mind scandal in season two. You can see the evolution that they are growing mm-hmm. to know each other in the show. Like season two, Colin, at the end of season two, knows Penelope way more than season yeah. one, episode one. Like light years more. But yeah, because of the letters. Yeah, because of, well, just think about it. Okay, season one, episode one, they just seem like acquaintances and like maybe Penn has a fondness for him or they just like she's Penn it's it's a sweet small encounter that you wouldn't necessarily read super far into like it just seemed like normal yes yes I was gonna say because when I was going back through the show I actually took a timer y'all and tried to see how long do these two actually talk? Like, what's the largest stretch? And with season one alone, there is a minute, 11 seconds, that Penn and Colin talk to each other before Marina interrupts them at the engagement dinner. So that's, I mean, that's really not a lot of time. And then 25 seconds, they can talk before Cressida interrupts them at Bo Hall. So it's just like, there's not a lot of extended conversations that they're even having when they do talk. Of course, it's pleasant when they're not discussing more like, you know, serious topics, but it really is just brief. I mean, yeah, that you scene, can see that's... how it how it moves like they have really small encounters that seem friendly. Mm-hmm. And then Penn tries to tell him about Marina. That seems like the first big conversation they've ever mm-hmm. had seeing like how Colin didn't really know how to react other than joke when Penn was trying to be really serious with him. To me, that says that they've never had these big conversations before. But then after that, like, we see him you know, use Penn as a confidant with the letters and you know, telling her about her the travels and then season two, they have their purpose conversation. I would say that's probably their second big conversation ever. Right. And then the cousin Jack debacle and yeah you're special to me right yeah exactly and in total just to give you all some perspective and and reference give or take I counted that between season one and two there is a combined 15 minutes total that pollen are on screen talking and 11 out of the 15 minutes are more serious conversations compared to the chit chat. But like between two seasons, that's, I mean, maybe we're supposed to assume that there's off screen moments when they're talking, but like, it doesn't really seem like that. So that's not a lot to go off of in terms of, Oh, I'm in love with this guy. Like I know him so well. It's like, babe, you don't got enough data points to be in love with. (laughs) She knows, she knows more than the rest of the time. But he could be the most affable, kind-hearted gentleman ever. No one is a yeah. charmer 100% of the time. Everyone has their downfalls. We don't really know what what uh, TV Collins' downfall is because we've only really seen him 
sort of through the eyes of Penelope, in my opinion. But we don't know what that downfall is. In the book, it's obviously, like, his temper, Pen, when she, like, learns about it, she's like, who the fuck is this guy? It, it was so, just, like, a quick aside, the fact that, like, he admitted that he was, like, jealous of her for her, like, career, that just, like, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, there's different kinds of jealousy. There's the one that's, like, oh, like, I want that, too. And then there's the, like, I wish I had that if it meant that, like, you didn't. Yeah. Right. Or, like, why you and not me. I didn't feel like that. I don't think it was malicious. Like, yeah, not used to women being good at things. (laughs) You can read. Yeah, it's, yeah, so, like, that's the thing is, if they don't really know each other, then what we have happening is Penelope is making up this, like, fantasy call in her head. Because if you don't really know someone that well, and this happens in real life, our minds will fill in the blanks. And that's how people can fall in love with the idea of someone in your head. And that's something that makes it way easier to initially put someone and then keep someone on a pedestal in the first place. Yeah, he's like her knight in shining armor, her prince charming. Like, think about it. Yep. He saves her from bullies. He is like this dream man who when he falls in love, he falls in love so deeply and he like is so romantic and all these things and then he's saving Penelope and whisking her away and dancing with her in front of everyone like he's this dream man he's the man who didn't laugh at her when her bonnet flew in his face like those are the things she loves about him like they are not that like a few good deeds does not a whole man make like damn bitch that's deep I'm about to drown (laughs) In no, these I profound nuggets. I, I cannot repeat those words if you pay me money. I don't. That's no, but it was so articulate, just crisp, the I'm way you smart. said that. I'm smart. <laughs> I'm smart, mom. Yeah, it's, and like, it's definitely part that she's a product of the times. Like, women in the 1810s were married off a lot younger than they often are now. And, you know, being married off younger means that culturally everything just shifts where there's more validity put into what people say like their feelings are so like for example in the regency times if a 17 18 year old says that they're in love people are like oh that's great awesome you're about to be a spinster in five minutes so great get married now versus in modern times if a 17 18 year old says they're in love you need more life experience like you need to live a bit more before you can actually say that and really mean it Right, so it's like Penn puts more weight and validity to what she feels for Colin, and it's almost like she just rejects any naysayers, like Portia, Prudence, or Marina, that tell her, you know, whatever estimation of Colin's feelings you have is not what it actually is in, like, reality. And while we do know that, like, Prue and Portia are wrong, he absolutely is using ink pots on her, like, talking to her. You know, anything that people say or or would say, right? Like, if, if more people talk to her about Colin, we can just, we get the impression that, like, she would just invalidate and, like, wave away what everyone's saying. Like, she really wants to read into what, like, his interactions and, like, actions and words to her are. And, yeah, I I don't know. I think overall, like, kind of like my last point on this is that back in those days, limited interactions were enough to get married. Like, the town was all about propriety and superficial pleasantries even courtships were 
really squeaky clean because you were always chaperoned. So they really have like those deep, profound conversations. And it's not like modern days where you could be hanging out with each other like for an extended period of time. So people got engaged amounts of interactions. I mean, people got engaged for business reasons, right? Like love matches weren't yeah. as common as, you know, one might think they were. So for Penelope, she's like, oh no, I I know him enough. Like compared to other people yeah. who get married, other people who say they're in love, I know him. Yeah. I think the problem is between them is that Penn reads so much into the things that Colin does for her or does around her, how he treats her. And Colin doesn't think about it at all. It's just like his natural state of being. And Penn's like, well, he did this, this, and this. It's like when you have a crush on a guy and brushes your hair aside and you're like, he's in love with me. I'm writing our wedding invitation. Yes. No, literally, like, doesn't remember you're a girl. No, that's the thing, like, especially when I was younger, (laughs) like, think about, like, in middle school or high school, you're like, oh, my gosh, he just converted oxygen into carbon dioxide. He's in love with me. And it's like, Um, yeah, one time a boy gave me his jacket and. Ooh, how 1950s Archie Riverdale coded. Literally. No, here's the thing. But Did you guys share a mil- milkshake with one straw? Sorry, go ahead. No, we shared a piece of gum. I spit it into his mouth. Um, kinky. That's not anyway, true. kink That's alert. Wee woo, wee woo. Kinky police. <laughs> anyway, his like GBF, his girl best friend, who was like very obviously in love with him was standing right next to him and she was like shivering and she was making a really big deal out of it and then I was like yeah it is cold and then he's like oh do you want my jacket to me dude my dick has never been more erect that was like my fucking like oh because you were like I fucking won between the two of us yes bitch oh my gosh I win but then I didn't win and he, he made me cry I also find it so funny that, like, this girl was acting like she was about to, like, die from exposure, like, knowing that you live in an area of the country that is relatively pretty warm, and it's like... <laughs> I don't want to ruin this for you. We were definitely in New York City. What? Wait, why? Like, a school trip? This was, like, an eighth grade trip. This was okay, eighth I... grade, and this is my peak. This oh is what I peaked. Gosh. Wait, New York, like, what time of year? Do you remember? It's fine uh, if you don't. It's usually over spring break. Damn, bitch, it's not even that cold. Well, okay, it was like you could see dramatic. Your you could see okay, your okay. breath, and he gave me his jacket, and he was wearing a t-shirt. Oh my gosh, so, so he was cold. just suffering. Yeah, um, yeah, he was a little ice block. But, um, anyway, yeah, it exactly, it's just... In terms of, I guess, we'll we'll move on. We'll move on to Colin. Um, because he also has Penelope on this pedestal. And... I think he's seeing her from where he stands on her pedestal. Like, he sees her as, like... So, you like, looking this... down on her? I mean, I didn't say it. You said it. Well, you start... Well, you started it. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think he looks down on her, but I think he sees, like, her devotion to him and doesn't. It's just, like, the norm for him. I know it's the writing, but it is, like, honestly so wild that she could treat him like this, and he doesn't think that she has a crush on him. 
Yeah, but you have to think, like, not to give, not to give a man any undue props, but how is he supposed to know that Penn is in love with him when he's only ever known her to be in love with him? Damn, bitch. Honestly, though, like, you're spitting facts. That's that's her normal state of being around him. She's always blushing and stuttering. Not stuttering. She can talk to him. But, like, the king's speech. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's just like, oh, Colin, like, you know, listening to him, stroking his ego, telling him that he's a purpose, even if he Wishing she was stroking something else, baby. But, like, why would he think or have reason to think that the way Penelope acts is anything outside friendship? Yeah, maybe he could get mm-hmm. the hint. But if she didn't make any, like, new comments or new actions towards him after she, like, got on the marriage mark, I know women couldn't, like, go after men. Right. But, like, there was no shift in their relationship. Why would he assume that she wants their relationship to shift? That is so true. And probably why it's going to be so stark in season three when she's forsaken him. (laughs) Has Mr. Bridgerton zoned him. So... Yeah, Hopefully. he's going to be shooketh. We don't know. We haven't read the script. That really is like fantasy. That That's fandom. That's canon that's, now. Is that he, that's yeah. literally like when we say his middle name was Christopher. Nowhere is that written. That I feel canon. like, okay, because I don't know if it was because in, I think I originally saw it in Phil of Love, the I fanfic by Logo Graham. That I first read Really? It okay. Yeah, we're we gonna should have to do our research. I was going to say, yeah, we'll... We'll see, but either way, the read those read those two authors fix y'all. <laughs> I was gonna say little plug, but um, yeah, I think of like the key things that Colin says to Penn that just really like drives his point home. Like, I mean, we love this sentence, and like for those who have like a praise kink, it obviously was everything. But in season one, when she tells Colin about you know Marina, and he says, "You really are very good," you know that it's like. She's just this, like, dude, literally in a lower voice in the drawing room. <laughs> no one else there, like, grow your hair out. Um, but yeah, anywho, you put your chain on. <gasps> <laughs> put your chain and your six bobbles on your fingers. We're not talking about Colin anymore. That's what Dude, it's like Colin. Colin has like Benedict, like painting a portrait of him from the side with like a cinnamon pastry. In his I just imagine him with like his pantaloons and an open blue shirt and a pirate hat, like that AI one that Ruby keeps sending us. so hard it just got dizzy second of all <laughs> can we talk about some of those ais like they make them look like their skin's like oh so smooth it's God. like clay or they just look like off and it's like human. or like people will be like hey look i used ai to fix it and it's like colin is not like cross-eyed <laughs> or like you see where it's like they're... he has 84 teeth on the top bro <laughs> dude literally like there's one picture someone <laughs> someone did like AI on Nicola's like 
70s Camilla, like a honeymoon, or not honeymoon, a bachelorette party, or I guess Hindu, like pictures. And you, if you zoom in, do you know what I'm talking about? The one with like one big eye. It looks like her sunglass is a monocle on one eye. (laughs) It's, you know, I can vaguely see it, but I'm also just pretty high. So I'm like making things up. I'm rubbing my eyes so hard right now. There's squiggles. But yeah, so it's like, for Colin to be talking about Penn, it's like, oh, you really are very good, you know that. Especially in season one, like, I feel like he looked at Penn as just, like, this cute, like, sweet, like, little ball of sunshine, right? Like, she's just very good. Yeah, and, like, like in season two, Yes, exactly. And, like, in season two, he tells her, like, you've, al- you've always been so constant and loyal. And... Like, that's not a woman you've befriended. That's a dog. Bruh, literally though, I was gonna say, like, what happened to that little doggy, that terrier? We don't talk about it. I think that was a deleted scene. That's the dark storyline. That's what happened to the dog. Yeah. (laughs) He went to a nice farm family up north. What do you think they ate before they got to potatoes? (gasps) Oh my goodness. Dun, 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 dun. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And like, but that's the thing is, being like, oh, you've always been so constant and loyal, that's also so, like, dangerous because it's, like, that's easy to take her for granted, Colin. Um, He's but, not but, you know, doing even... any of the society math. He's not doing any of it. He did not go to class. He does not understand that he can't be pals with Penn forever because one of them is going to get married. They're going right. to marry each other. We know, we know, we know. But <laughs> one of them is going to get married and you're not going to be able to be friends with a single Pringle. Not allowed. Yes. He's yeah, doing those maths. Yeah, and, and also too, like not just right. They can't be friends anymore. It's like, is he even thinking about if and when she was to marry like somebody that if it wasn't him? That no, like he's not gr- thinking about it at all because he's never been faced with that reality because no one talks to Penn besides him. That's one thing, but like he's not even realizing that. Hey, this like gravy train of like praise and support and attention that's gonna stop like if she was to be married he wouldn't even understand like that's gonna stop you know because like he tells her your letters were so encouraging it was you who inspired me to travel you know you read and replied to more of my letters than anyone else like she gives him this attention and like support and validation that literally no one else in his life does yeah well he gives her the kindness that no one else does so (gasps) they're both just like driving on each other's energy they both like just want to be loved. A kink. <laughs> I know. I swear That's to God, it. if they don't sort it, if if they <laughs> don't have crazy dirty talk, I know. I'm gonna be pissed. If, I'm gonna be. If a quill, if a quill isn't like, I could see a quill being like you know like tickling someone. Yeah. But anyway, like a prop. A, a pro- wait, it's tickling the prop. Is a that is prom? I was gonna say you meant like his prop. his penis. No, his member. feather is a prop. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> sexual accoutrement. I was gonna say in my notes, not to not to talk about how the sausage is made, y'all, but I literally wrote daddy has abandonment issues because he's so happy. So does. He had daddy trauma and now he has marina trauma. Brr. Because he tells her at like like in the purpose scene, right? Like the failed Antony and Duina wedding. They're outside, about to nab their piece of cake. And before that happens, Colin Yeah, Colin says to to Penelope, like you care for me. 
you will never forsake me. And it's, what's interesting though, is it's like in this, in this moment, is this a comparison to Marina? Because Marina quite literally just did forsake yeah, him. she's top of mind. Like, I know he, you'll never forsake me like Marina did, but if it, it feels like he's so it's close. The, it had that vibe. Right? And like those neurons didn't like connect in his brain, but like, yeah, all, everything was there. Like all the, it was the right conditions. Yeah. For that thought to and like, I can, come out. I can see why Penn would read into that combo. Yeah. As someone who's been like so crushing on someone they were really good friends with. I got yeah. the ick for him like recently and it fucking cleared my skin, saved my life. Okay, so there's special relativity and general relativity, according to Einstein. That's crazy. I know they have different relativities. What the fuck are we talking about? Hello, we're talking about the fact that Colin and Penelope's relationship is very one-sided, with what we see is not enough interest from Colin. (laughs) Duh, of course when I talk about Einstein, you know what I'm saying. Um, So guys, we're coining it. It's the Colin-Bechtel test, and we put Pollen through it, and they fail with flying colors. For those who don't know, the Bechtel test. Yeah, the Bechtel test is whether a work, like a movie, show, book, features at least two female characters who have a conversation about something other than a man. And the Colin Bechtel test, there's a little twist to it. It's basically just a conversation that does not at any point discuss Colin, his love life, his passions, his purpose what have you. It's solely about Penn. Mm-hmm. So, as we talked about before, there's 15 minutes, give or take total, between season one and two, where Paul and I are talking. Two scenes, y'all, for a whopping, staggering one minute, 50, seconds, in which the conversations pass the Colin Bechtel test. And it's all in one episode. Yes. It literally have gone through two seasons, and the Colin Bechtel test is only passed in season two, episode eight. Near the end, like the last Near the end. The last, the last, yeah. We all know these scenes. We all know what scenes we're talking about. Do you just want to say them anyway? Yeah, no, for sure. So the first scene is the, when, okay, so when Colin says the panty dropping come with me and like grabs her hand which wasn't necessary he could just be like hey follow me to this room but he had hey, to hold her hand he could have literally pens watching him at any given point he could have given her a small head nod and she would have been down the corridor corridor to the right before he could blink yes because like she he knows that she lives there right he could just tell her go to the drawing room she's not gonna be like wait where is that <laughs> Yeah, let me fucking look around. Let me ask somebody. He's like, you know what? Here, just hold on to my hand. Hold on to my hand. And I'll show you where we're going in your own house. And you and she won't get lost. Exactly. He's just so kind and accommodating yeah. and doting. But so, right, from the minute that he, you know, says, come with me, and Penelope's like, totally did as soon as you said Niagara. that. I've already came. Um, yeah. To the moment where Portia and Jack interrupt them. What is the Ruin meaning of this? Everything. Exactly. That's no, literally though. Cut all the, all the slight slivers of sexual tension that yeah. aren't actually there, but I saw them because I'm pen coded. It's a minute five seconds before the cousin Jack exposure and like Portia and them come in, and then after that whole scandal, you know, the revelations about cousin Jack's 
false, like rubies, comes to light when Colin grabs Pan and says, we are dancing. And then he tells her how she's special to him and he'll always look after her. That's only 45 seconds. So those are the two conversations that don't revolve around Colin because as we had like discussed beforehand, we were doing research. There are other moments that are really key in this show, but especially for like pollinators where you're like, that's like a core memory of their relationship. But every other scene guys, Colin's motives, his, you know, self-interest are in there. Like what a bar. Yeah. The scene at the Trowbridge okay. ball. Do you want to talk about? I just, I have a point after. I'm sorry. Okay. Wait, do you want to say it now and then I can yeah, jump back to that? I just, I would like to give Colin his flowers. And of course I'm sticking up for him because I'm a Colin apologist. The one of the only times we can infer that there has been background things happening is when Colin confronts Jack because he has had to put in his Nancy Drew hours to figure out that scheme. <laughs> He's been thinking of of Penn outside of work hours. Yeah. And I want to give him his flowers. So we though that is the one time we can infer that Colin's putting fucking effort into their relationship. I really wish that the the writers would have added that because okay, I think because I was also just like spacing out when I was watching it the first time, all of a sudden Colin, these rubies aren't real. I'm like, wait, how do you know? What? Where was the scene where yeah. you found that out? Where's your fucking sources? That's what I'm saying. I was like, bitch, you you don't even have receipts. That's what's crazy. He didn't have receipts, and cousin Jack Until was quaking. Until he got the necklace, and then he slammed that shit down, and then he had his receipts. Oh, Imagine if boy. he hit it with the thing, and it was just like didn't break at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he hit it hard enough. <laughs> exactly. He's like, ah, oh, shit. He's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And he does like, uh, like he like dive bombs with his elbow. Um, breaks the table. Yeah, it's solid oak because this is the fucking Regency era. Yeah, it's just like WrestleMania. Cut down all the trees. It's WrestleMania. He just like throws a chair <laughs> over it to break it. Um, <laughs> so like. When we think about those really pivotal moments between Colin and Penelope, in season one, for example, we have the what a barb scene at the Trowbridge Ball, where Colin starts to realize how witty and biting the things that Penelope says are. And we have that, I, it's actually, I, I timed it, their stare at each other after, Col- or after Penelope made that point and then Colin said what a barb was six seconds. No, there was there was eye contact. Like it might not have been necessarily sexual, but there was they were fucking locked in. Well, it's six seconds too. Like think about it, like that's six seconds or sex seconds. <laughs> I was gonna say I was like yeah. So in that moment we got so we get the water bar moment. We get this great six second. Six Mississippis of them staring at each other. longer than a Sam and Daphne sex scene. But then we have Colin right after saying, oh, I've been trying to get in front of Marina all night. And we see her not, you know, enjoying herself when she's dancing with Lord Rutledge. So it's like, even that great scene has Colin bringing it back to him and like his motivations and what he wants. Another one, for example, the purpose scene in season two that we all love very much it starts with Penelope approaching Colin and him talking about, oh, is my purpose at the bottom of this flask? And 
Penelope again telling him like, you know, you will find your purpose one day, like everyone must eventually. So even that conversation, it's like, yes, we talk about how Penn's dreams are grander than she lets on, but it's like, it was originally about Under Colin. Under the guise of talking about Colin. It was kind of like, I feel like maybe he thought that she was just going to say like a quick thing and then she kind of just, just kept going. But then yeah. he was like, oh, okay. Okay, Miss Substance. She has a brain. <laughs> wait, is this more than one dimension? Oh my god, wait. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Wait, Pen has thoughts? <laughs> that aren't about me? Yeah. So, in the book, we have <clears throat> Penelope and Colin dancing together a couple times, right? Like, in between him going and traveling around the world and being like a little hoe. But that's there's really nothing else to their relationship and their interactions for years. Like, he, he isn't in any other way, like, showing up for her or being there for her. Um, <clears throat> and I do want to point out, like, this is what's kind of disappointing about when Colin says in the show that, oh, Penelope's always been so constant and loyal and won't ever forsake him and cares about him. These are all things that Penn does for him. They're not mm -hmm. things inherently about her. And that makes me sad because it's like, well, what if any other debutante did this for, you know, Colin, right? Like, not just Penelope. Would she still stand out? And I could say the same thing, right? Like, if Penn had other men in her life that were, like, flirting with her or, like, being even just being nice to her the way Colin is, would Colin stick out? If Penn didn't have parental mommy and daddy issues, mm -hmm. would she need the attention from Colin quite as bad. Right, exactly. Dude, if Eloise didn't just bulldoze her. Oh my god, yeah. Oh. Stay tuned for the Penelope's episode. But yeah, it's like, I almost feel like subconsciously, Pen feels like this is how she'll earn his love, is by like pouring herself into him, all that emotional labor. And it's like, if she it can't be wanted by him, hopefully she can be needed in terms of yeah like all and it's just like this is a trap as the girl best friend you cannot do this it is a canon event like it's just yeah yeah she's think, friend zoning herself harder than she realizes it yeah i think that in the show it just differs so much from the book that mm -hmm. one we don't know how much history they have we're assuming they're going to age down when they meet because it wouldn't really make mm -hmm. sense for them to have this like really familiar friendship slash acquaintanceship in the beginning of season one like if they didn't know each other beforehand then it's just Colin taking these liberties with like a random girl and yeah like, that's really fucking weird but they're in different timelines than the book like yeah in the book when the book starts there's the prologue right and it shows the him falling off his horse and them having their meet cute and then it shows that I would never marry Penelope Featherington or whatever that's a mix of both quotes but you get what I mean yeah um so and then it's years later that she sees Colin again so she's had one not crazy amount of experiences with Colin like we've seen Chopin they talk she's had years to get over the I'll never marry Colin Bridgerton so she already kind of has her blinders off to him being this perfect man true and then she's just being her silly goose spinster herself and that's when he starts noticing her 
noticing her wit and her titties. Let's <laughs> <laughs> all, yeah, Colin's a boob man. Dude, um, yeah, he's like, damn, the way you be sucking that cream out of that eclair. Yeah, but it wasn't until Penn denied him a dance because she thought he only asked her out of obligation, which he did, <laughs> which he did. Yeah. That he was like, oh shit, like, I want to dance with Penelope. Yeah, his brain chemistry was altered by that. Like, absolutely. Pseudo rejection. Exactly, which again is going to be in incredible in season three when she it's gonna clear my skin it's yeah i think it's gonna like <laughs> it's gonna be like me taking like four wellbutrin at once like it's just yeah i'm yeah. super excited <clears throat> yeah it's gonna be that up dosage baby yeah um <clears throat> but yeah like and we see too in terms of like again the relationship is one-sided we're seeing so much interest like the direction is pen to colin like that's the one-way street because again like colin shows interest in other debutantes than penelope we see that like in season one of course marina and then also he's still hung up on marina through a lot of season two and it's just really difficult because it's like Penelope, he doesn't make efforts to ever, like, call on you. It's just, he sees you when he sees you. Or, if she's conveniently at Bridgerton House with Eloise, like, if he was in love with her, he would want to be near her. Yeah, she's a convenience to him. Yeah. She's a convenient friend to have, because she's around, she's nice, she's witty, and she's just a constant for him. He, if, the love he has for her is, like, not familial like he obviously doesn't see her as a sister but it's very familiar it's like childhood friend you always expect them to live down the street it's never once crossed your mind that they're ever gonna not be there yes like that is pentam she's literally like a little more than a fucking floor lamp yeah she's it's fondness he feels fond of her but it's not romantic she's She's, like, nostalgic for him. She's, like, an aspect of his childhood, in my opinion. Yeah. And it is, like... Yeah. Even when he talks to Daphne about Marina in season one, he talks about how, like, he just wants to be, like, with her. He wants to be near her. And it's, like, it makes me think of the book and the movie, He's Just Not That Into You. Like, it sucks, but it's, like, for Penn, right? Is she, like, introspected? Like, damn, like, why Colin never calls on me? I barely ever see him. We talk for like two seconds and he goes away. Like, what does it mean? Yeah. And it's like, dude, he's he's he doesn't like you that much. Um, and it is a little frustrating, I think. As it's just not something you can ever admit to yourself. Like, I'm I'm such a person that's just like, just tell me. I just need to know. Like, I don't. It's you don't like me. You don't like me. Like, it doesn't matter. I just need to know because I'm. I just need you to like shut me down. I see that's honestly like I admire that you're like that because I've had so many friends where like they tell me you know, hey, I went on this date with this guy, like, two months ago. He hasn't, like, texted or called me. I don't understand. Like, he likes me, so why isn't he calling me? And I'm like, dude, the call's coming from inside the house. Like, no, I he doesn't. Yeah. And, you know, and you have friends that they, like, kind of, like, reject that, like, truth, and you're like, okay. Alright, alright. Like, After, like, if I have to reach out more than twice, I just know they don't care to be speaking to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I remember I had, like, a friend. She was, like, a model and stuff. And she was, like, oh, I never text first, ever. 
why would you if you were a model exactly she also had a heart of gold um but like yeah she she was like even when we're dating he has to call or text first so i was like dude i please give me some of that amazing confidence um i mean y'all did you feel as frustrated as we did when even after marina humiliated colin right tricked him almost made him like literally like a cuckold and was gonna yeah, marry him under false him pretenses yeah he couldn't he couldn't she, stop she set his oven to pre-cook that's pretty good honestly please remember that we will use that again let's put a pin in that we'll use that again bookmark it dog ear it um but it's just this is what's so frustrating is like marina can literally humiliate him just completely drop him but and, and like this was a knife in my heart, guys, and I'm going to say it. It's going to possibly ruin people's day. But if I have to suffer with this, so do you. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm dragging y'all down with me. He couldn't stop thinking about Marina after all that. So what does that really mean? Canonically, that means that between season one and season two, Colin was writing letters to Penelope to then blow out his candle, lay down in his bed, look up at his ceiling, and think about Marina. She is who haunted him at night. Not Penn. She fucking haunts me at night. She fucking haunts <laughs> me at night. Yeah, dude. And I'm pretty sure after her actress's recent statements, which keep on, like, she keeps adding to I think she also haunts, like, Netflix and Shondaland. I get more actress updates than I did SAG after Let's Strike. <laughs> and you know we had those post-notice songs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I will say I I agree with you that he probably was thinking of Marina. But I don't think it was in a longing way. I think he literally had like Marina anxiety. What like, do you he was mean? just like remembering all of the things that went wrong and just like longing for the feeling that she gave him through manipulation of like oh I need you you'll be able to provide like you're gonna be such a great husband telling him everything he wants to hear yeah that's what he likes about Penn he has a praise king <laughs> yeah it's it can, well since we know how he breaches the subject at Romney Hall when he visits Marina I get the vibe that when he was traveling, it was very much like a what if. He was still thinking that. Yeah. So that's where I feel like he was kind of like laying awake at night, like thinking of her in a wistful way because he basically, he, I know, no, I, it does, but because, and again, right? Because that's where like Marina's the girl haunting his dreams, right? Like we are not the same. Like he's writing you letters, but I'm keeping him up at night. Like I literally hate it um, <laughs> so guess much. What? None of the fan fictions I read let Colin dream of Marina. So it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, thank God that they're not like deviating from the canon. Could you imagine? But no. Anyway, um, and like. Not, no, I couldn't imagine. Chris Van dying on the other hand. Chris Van. <gasps> just cut out. You cut out. Can you hear me now? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I just snapped. I lashed out because <laughs> you said Chris Van Dyne in our rehearsal. I it as a joke. Oh, you did? 
Yeah, because I thought that joke was funny. No, it is funny. I'm just a little too baked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys, this is a PSA for the other episodes. And just to know, I'm going to continue calling him Chris Van Dyne because I think it's funny. I was getting the names of Chris Van Dusen, who actually writes the show Bridgerton, and Hope Van Dyne, aka the Wasp from Ant-Man and the Wasp. I was getting their names mixed up. So yeah, yeah. it's going to be Chris Van Dyne, Chris Van Helsing, Chris Vanderpump Rules. Chris he Van Diesel. Be Chris, Van- Chris Van Diesel. <laughs> he will never be Chris. <laughs> he will never be Chris Van Diesel again. Chris so. Jenner Van Diesel. <laughs> yeah. And like, I remember guys, like I heard her say Chris Van Dyne like a couple times. And I was like, maybe that's like somebody else in the production. No, nah, it's not, dude. <laughs> nope. This man I'm has never existed. Silly goose. Yeah. I, win with that Jeopardy question. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen this man in my life. Like Kiki Palmer looking at the photo. Like, I don't know this man. Never seen I'm him in my sorry life. To this man. <laughs> yeah. I so all the time. after so, like, so funny. after like all the different instances in which we see like Colin show interest in basically just Marina, but not Penelope. Then, of course, we have, like, the final nail in the coffin is that statement he makes to Fife and Co. in Season 2, Episode 8. And, like, I mean, here, he could have answered this. Yeah, he could have said it in a lot of different ways. It just, I don't know, like... That was a bitch move. And, like, this is where, again, I think if he was, like, in love with her but, like, didn't know it yet, I don't think he would have answered like that. I think he would have seemed, like, flustered. Yeah, made him sick to his stomach. I don't think he'd be quick. <laughs> yeah. Reginald. Yeah. And I and so right if we're looking at all of this, like analyzing it from the like stance of he's already in love with her and just like hasn't figured it out yet. That's also what kind of bothers me about like that assertion because this feels like him saying this to Fife, but like people thinking maybe he's in love with her already. It makes me think of like Oh, that boy's mean to you because he likes you. Yeah. It just makes me think of, like, he doesn't see her. Like, he actually truly doesn't see her as a woman or as a debutante or as yeah. someone of the marriage mart. Ooh, can I ask you a random, like, thought experiment? Absolutely if this fucking truly. Wait, hold on. I had a really good point that's, like, kind of what I've gathered of my thoughts on this topic. Yeah. I think it can be argued either way that maybe they do have love for each other. I think my stance is I don't want them to already be in love because to me it feels disingenuous and not real because I don't think they know each other. I think there's a lot of parts of themselves that they have not shared. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, maybe they do have love or care for the versions of themselves they know. But to me, they're not in love because they don't have enough info they don't have data yeah like that's a that to like be in love and have relationships like that like that takes like not just time but it takes work and like effort and i think them working together through all of the conflicts that they'll have in season three is what's going to bring them together and like be closer um you know because that's so much stuff where it's like you don't really know a person until push comes to shove 
right? Like whether that's like when you move in with a friend for the first time, right? Like, or you go on vacation with somebody or you move in with like a partner or you guys get married, like you keep like getting to know people deeper and deeper. And like, there, there's so much to know about someone where it's like, Pat, you've yeah. like barely scratched the surface, dude. Yeah. Like she only sees, I think I said it in this part. I don't, it might've been in the first time we recorded this episode. Penn only sees him as this, like, affable, kind, do-no-wrong kind of guy. hmm And Colin sees her as, like, sweet little Penn. And this season is going to be such a turning point because going into episode one, that view that Penn has of Colin thus far has yeah. been fucking drawn and quartered. This is yep. going to be a new way of Penn interacting with Colin. It's no longer this kind of merely unfiltered fawn- fawning over him in my opinion she's not hiding it if no one calls her out on it i'll be fucking shocked dude the fact that anthony or ben the, okay wait no the fact that violet like i love her i'm not trying to come for mother but like i thought you were like shrewd and like observant and stuff like how have you not noticed this between ben and colin like or she has and she's just like letting it go in the worst way she's like eh whatever she's like I think if she knew what Colin said she'd shut it down oh my gosh if she was there oh no she like I think it would be like aftermath like oh you don't want to court Penelope cool you are no longer having the time I would allow you guys to be near each other and give you like leeway during tea when I was hoping you would end up together. Now you've done this, you don't get the you don't get to be her friend. Do you do you feel like in season one when they have that conversation at like the breakfast table and everybody leaves, do you think Pat like do you think at that point Violet like wants Pat and Colin together? You cannot pay me money to describe that scene to you. I have no idea what you're talking I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the conversation. You have to ask me in a not high episode, please. Yeah, no, so the... I think, I think Violet will always have a fondness for Penelope. But do you think that have she... Have interacted on screen? Yes, they have. Okay. Um, but ha- do you think that like, co- like that Violet like ships Penn and Colin? There's not been any direct information that would suggest that, and I don't remember the conversation at the breakfast table, because I am absolutely... Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's after like okay. Marina and after Marina and Colin get engaged and they announce it. Gross. What? Oh, you said gross. I thought you said rose. Gross. I was like, oh I'm yeah, so yeah. So like it, everyone leaves the dining room table when Colin walks in and is like, "Good morning," and it's just him and Violet, and that's where Violet, you know, tells him like, "I just this is all happening like so fast." You know, you flirt with a lot of, you know, young ladies, but never in earnest. And, you know, he's like, well, you were so busy with Daphne. That's why, like, you didn't know. And, you know, Violet says, you just, you, I've never seen you this serious. And Colin says, well, you know, no one takes me serious except Marina. And it's just basically. That's not true. I know. And it's like, dude, if you even knew that she thinks you're the biggest clown of, of the time, like. She um, thinks you need a fucking dunce cap and a big one for your cockatiel <laughs> hair. And just to sit in the corner 
spank his high knee. Yeah, like, that clown nose. And I just, yeah, I don't know. Wait, so why are we even talking about this conversation? Not wait, because it was... Not clue, not clue. Wait, because you said before... Okay, wait, because you... Okay, I think you said something... Oh, not realizing their relationship would switch. If Violet overheard what Colin said to Fife. I yeah. Well, I think he would lose a lot of liberties that are allowed. He's currently allowed with Penn. Why do you Violet why do you puts think I on it? Wait, puts an puts an eye like on season 3? Just in in like a world where that would happen. Not necessarily season 3 prediction, just if Violet found out this is how i think she would react okay yeah because that's where i was wondering is like if colin says like oh i don't i don't like her like why do you think that would rip that would like why would violet take away liberties then if it seems like if he doesn't like her he's not gonna like exploit them then this is like book violet who wants them to be together i don't think show violet has shown any big reason that to say she's shipping them oh she probably is but this is, like, book Violet of, like, oh, I'm kind of letting them get to know each other. Maybe he'll marry Pat. Oh, okay. Yes, 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 yes. Because I was, like, that's why I was so confused right now. Because I'm, like, uh, wait. Show Violet's not really. Um, although, Carly, have you seen, like, the fan theories where there's a point in season one where Penelope, or no, Violet and Colin are talking and there's a moment where I think, like, they're walking down the stairs, and it's, like, oh, maybe these would be, like, good topics to talk to, like, debutantes about. And one of them is, like, animal grooming. Something related to, like, animals and, like, handling animals. And then people pan to, in these, like, you know, fan theories, they'll pan to Pen with the disappearing doggy and are like, oh, it's Violet trying to wing woman <laughs> pen and colin through the doggy mm, that seems like you that that's a that's a fucking reach no i mean you know i was gonna that's say you know that reach. i think mo- i think most of these things that people say like i i think they're that's a little reachy. next investigation where the dog go <laughs> oh man dude what if the dog went to romney hall bro scandal yeah, because we're two babies and a dog. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what she needs. <laughs> um, I guess like the ultimate, like last thing, the ultimate thing with Colin is like we see him like on the reg, friend zoning this girl to like the fifth dimension. We've talked about how like he's fond of her, but there isn't that like je ne sais quoi, that you know, that physical attraction, that longing, that like yearning that would transcend you know their relationship from platonic to something like more passionate Mm -hmm. um and i mean the quotes in the book are criminal literally actually criminal i have my book yay let me see if i can find her i did put tabs this is more annotating than i ever did in high school Uh, i was gonna say speaking of high school and annotating i was gonna say pen like reads into collins like signals the way like my English teacher had me annotate like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. So what quote what were we talking about? How how Colin looks at So Penn? he doesn't think that he she's physically attractive and I know I know that wait, 
the oh, minute yeah. I say that, I know people are listening are gonna are gonna be like, yes, he does. He says she's beautiful. Yes, yes, yes. Hold what, on, man. Yeah. Wait, wait. I swear. <laughs> what I mean is, it's backhanded the way he discusses her beauty in the book. Yeah. And it's kind okay. of like electric chair. It's material like, despicable, frankly. It's like Mr. Darcy, she's fairly tolerable. Like, kind yes. of worse than that, but the only thing is he didn't say it out loud, to my knowledge. Okay, so this is when he is, like, talking to Penelope at Lady Danbury's ball. In the beginning of the book, literally page 39, he wasn't surprised that she'd never attracted any serious suitors for her hand. She wasn't a beauty by any stretch, although upon close examination, she was more attractive than he'd remembered her to be. Her brown hair had a touch of red to it, highlighted nicely by the flickering candles, and her skin was quite lovely. That perfect peaches and cream complexion that ladies were always slathering their faces with arsenic to achieve. But Penelope's attractiveness wasn't the sort men usually noticed and her normally shy and occasionally even stuttering demeanor didn't exactly showcase her personality but still it was too bad her lack of pop about her lack of popularity she would have made someone a perfectly good wife oh fuck this guy colin no one asked you to come over and give her a fucking tyra banks level breakdown of what she's doing wrong with her hair and face literally he made her cut it all off and it's now platinum literally he fucking <laughs> buzz cutted her for yeah. no reason and then she was eliminated two yeah, episodes later this is like a man who's literally known her for years who's now walking up to her because <clears throat> his mommy made him at the ripe age of fucking 33 yeah. <laughs> he's 30 plus and then no, yeah. fucking looks at her basically for the first time and goes huh she's cute or like she's cute yeah, like, I, oh. I didn't like it. I mean, like, I was going to say, listening to you feels like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm about to come for Julia Quinn's neck, but, like, that, I don't think it's, like, cutesy that he basically was like, you know what, if I squint, you're really not that bad. That's what bothers me. Because then later he's like, you are beautiful. Like being like, yeah, he was literally like, wait, what the fuck? Pen's not fugly? <laughs> <laughs> like, bitch. And as soon as she got out of the yellow, his eyes opened slightly. Literally. It's like, because then in the carriage, he says to her, like, you are beautiful. I don't understand why no one else can see it. I hate that line. Also backhanded. Like, so backhanded. Why are you <laughs> emphasizing that? Unnecessarily out of pocket. You could have just said, you're so beautiful. <laughs> you're so beautiful. Period. Yes. Why do you have to talk about how you everyone else thinks she's uggo? Period. Literally, that was so fucking unnecessary. Yeah. I don't know why. Out of the, I was gonna say, what was the population of the world in like 1815? It was probably like 50 million four? people or some shit. Yeah, four peeps. <laughs> um, out of the four people <laughs> in the general population, I'm the only one on God's green earth that thinks that you're attractive. And it's like, oh, okay, so we're supposed to swoon. Got it, got it. And they say romance is dead. Literally saying this is he pulls her titties out, like, sorry. He could, dude, literally, I, I feel like, but once he saw the titties, I think, like, her nips must have been, like, spirals, because he was, he was hooked after that. He was hypnotized. Yeah, hypnotized. Nipnotized. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, but, okay, so that's Book Collins' journey. I think 
show Colin is embarking on a journey of his own, really, truly. Because, like I said earlier, there needs to be a shift in their relationship to make it anything more than it is. And Penn's had that shift by being disillusioned to Colin after what she overhears him saying. Colin is not going to have that switch until season three begins. Like, we are going into season three with Penn in her revenge dress, like I said. Colin's coming in like, you know, gotta go see my gal pal. Like, like, Oh, I mean, remember, he's coming up on that Bronco. Yeah, on worse, at worst, it's like, why isn't Penn texting me back? Like, that's, at worst, the way Colin's coming into town. He still has that fondness and familiarity that he had with Penn in season one and two. But when she shows him she's more than just kind, sweet little Penn, maybe by being a little bit petty and a little bit mean, which I would love to see, Mm -hmm. that's when he's like, oh, shit, and it opens his eyes a little bit. I agree. I think that's a huge shift for him. I'm wondering, too, if, like, do you feel like we're going to see a shift like that when he sees her for the first time and, like, her beautiful, like, turquoise Giselle from Enchanted Dress and, like, her, like, Rita Hayworth curls? Because I want to yeah. see, you know, we talked about this before, like... I don't think, I don't know if it'll be instant recognition, but I think by the end of the conversation, there's a you look good moment. Ah, he's kind of, like, really, like, looking at her. Because I want, mm. I want her to have the moment that Daphne had in season one where she like walks down the stairs because like I mean Daphne's pretty like don't get me wrong but I was like okay she has a fluffy fan and she put her hair up like with Penn that scene would have so much more impact she brushed back her micro bangs <laughs> yeah there was like one or two points where they kind of looked cute they were like a little Sailor Moon coated um, like little wisps, yeah, but it was like, yes, the two tiny pieces, but yeah, the like rest, tendril. yes, but, but when the rest was like French braided around her head, yeah, that was kind of cute, but no, I, those micro, Do, did they really make Phoebe cut her hair or was that like a wig? I don't know. It looked kind of wiggy at some points. <laughs> Get wiggy with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, you want Penn to have a Cinderella story moment. Yes, uh, she deserves it. Where she walks down the staircase and everyone (gasps) looks at her. Yes, and Colin, like, oh my gosh, we see it. Colin is talking either to his brothers or to, you know, the random fuckboys from Eaton. And his back is turned to the staircase. Everyone stops and is looking at Penn, and he turns around. (gasps) The way that will cure my depression (laughs) if I see that Under the light of the disco ball. Oh, I just, I need that scene. I to, need to for be, the will to I live. need him I need her to be looking straight ahead. I need her to be on her bad bitch fucking catwalk and I need him to just be staring at her with such like need in his eyes like because I feel like it would be such <clears throat> just like a good juxtaposition of Penn constantly looking at him wanting him to look at yes. her and then her finally like looking forward and him just staring. Yes, it's, like, poetic, but it's also, like... Put me in the writer's room! Dude, literally, though, it's, like... But that's, like, car... I don't know if it's, like, karmic justice, but that parallel that we should be seeing, right? Where he finally is the one pining. Where, yeah, where it's equal energy being put in. Yes. In terms of romantic energy, it's... If there's any at all, like, I think there's a little bit, but it's 100% coming from Penn. 
Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's definitely coming from her. Yeah, he's never even... though even... Colin's, like, huffing her air, getting all close to her face, telling her her uncle's a fraud. It's like, just kiss. I was gonna say, they're, they're, yeah, their face isn't... Their face isn't close for In my mind's eye, they are four inches apart. In reality, Ken is probably hunched down there over a foot apart just based on height. Yes, exactly. I know. It always keeps them apart. Although, gosh... I'm so excited for that height difference. It's going to kill me. I wonder if Luke's, like, back, like, hurts. Because <laughs> I'm sure, like, King had to bend at the waist a lot during filming. I hope he throws her around like a little fucking empty suitcase. Oh, my God. Seriously, dude. Yeah, so just kind of, like, closing thinking thoughts. about... Yeah, like, big picture closing thoughts. We're not trying to be like Debbie Downers or like Buzz Killingtons when we're talking about what Penelope has as just infatuation, but we would understand why maybe people would push back on that because there's a lot about the unrequited love trope that I think people really enjoy in the pollen dynamic because like if we're just saying that Penelope is only infatuated with Colin, that is essentially like invalidates a lot of how she feels And I think unrequited love is sweet to people because it's also a little sad and there's that longing and there's this idea that like, wow, this person loves somebody else so much. It's so profound. It's so enduring that even if the other person doesn't love them back is with somebody else or years have gone by, they still hold that torch. I 100% believe if Penn didn't have daddy issues, she would have gotten another crush in like a year. Dude, if no one on planet Earth had daddy issues, we would have flying cars, world <laughs> peace. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, also all the mommy issues because men far less sales on antidepressants. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, like, um, but yeah, it's like, and I think part of Penn probably deep or like in a metaphysical way, that's why she romanticizes her own feelings for Colin because it's like. This is how strong her love for like for him is. It can survive and like flourish in these like inhospitable, you know, conditions when like everything is pointing to like he doesn't like you that way. Not yet. Um, you know, but and I think something similar too is with fans that want to see Colin as already loving Penn, I think they would take issue with a lot of our stances today, Carly, because there's this idea of it essentially invalidating a lot of what Penelope does. A lot of the time, effort, and energy that she puts into these unrequited feelings for Colin. Um, Because, like, for example, if Colin's already in love with her, but doesn't realize it yet, that doesn't make Penn look foolish for all of, like, the investing in Colin that she does and the way that she reads into things that he says or does. Because it's like, oh, no, no, Penn's right. Colin, it just hasn't clicked in his head yet, right? Instead of she's barking up the wrong tree for two seasons. Yeah, we have to think about it. Like, every time someone is a dick to Penn, like, the worse her social interactions are, the bigger gap there's going to be between how she's treated by other people, aka poorly, and how Colin treats her. And she's just going to, like, hold on to that kindness. Yeah. Fixate on it. Dude, you're spitting bad facts. Yeah. Her. Um. She's enlightened. Yeah, but I think, like... Where I've the conclusions I'm coming to at this point after four hours of talking about it and like <laughs> a lot of stizzy vape. We're not 
discounting any of the interactions between Penn and Colin and the impact it has on their budding relationship. Right. We're just arguing that we don't think there's much romantic intent behind it. And if they're in love, it's not in the way of like big romantic passion like we are hoping to see in the season. For Colin, it's this familiar fondness for Penn and for Penn it's this hero worship yes you know protector protectee yeah relationship she has with Colin so they're coming from such uneven places that for us to be like okay yeah they're in love we need to see more evening of footing and actual connection on who they are as people not what they do for each other like their love language for real right now is such acts of service but it's like have a fucking conversation um and you're right exactly like that's why season three is going to be such a great opportunity y'all because we're going to see colin get to know a penelope that is not beholden to him doesn't follow him like a little puppy doesn't think that he walks on water and everybody needs that humility from somebody someone who can give it to them straight and not like bullshit them and we see that exact like with kate and antony right that's absolutely part of their dynamic and what antony really valued in kate from the beginning is that she's always challenged him and at the end of the day like respected him enough to like not be simpering or like overly deferential so for colin it'll be good for him to be challenged and you know i think that's something that even if he bristles at it at first especially if like carriage scene there's an argument about like him running away and not being serious about stuff like at the end of the day he'll appreciate what is pen being honest with him yeah he'll get over it yeah exactly (laughs) yeah so it's it's gonna be good just to like you said the transitions like the there's change to be made yeah for them to have a healthy relationship yeah and I think for Penelope, like, do you see it this way too? Like, it's sort of like a blessing in disguise, what Colin said. I mean, emotional damage aside, it does kind of it let takes her... off her Colin blinders. Yes, exactly. And, and this idea, like, hey, he's human. He absolutely can disappoint you. He absolutely can hurt you, put his foot in his mouth, be like a dumb chap. He's not perfect. Lads, lads, lads. Yeah. She needs so... to humanize him, but. Yeah. All that being said, they need to be, for us to say that they are in love in the same way, they need to be on more even footing come season three. Anyway, that's basically it for this episode. Woohoo! I'm really excited to edit all of this. Anyway, <laughs> all of these funky thoughts that we've had. Musings. Yeah, in our first annual fifth episode, High Spectacular. Marijuana Machinations. Marijuana Madness. March Madness. At the end of every episode, we have a section called What the Fic, where we recommend a fic that pertains in some way to the topic of the day. Today's topic, obviously, was whether or not Penn and Colin are actually in love with each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the fic that I chose for this week, it shows what might go down if Colin had been in love with Penn from the beginning. It's called I Felt It From The Start, It Grew Inside My Heart by Wasted Darling Lover. And of course, the 
links will be in the description of the episode. Love it. I'm excited to read that one. Uh, I recommended today The Missing Piece by Fire underscore Lily 89. Um, This, I mean, I've read this fic so many times and like, I just, it's fun because it's a modern alternate universe. And in this one, we have a Colin that appreciates Penelope a lot, sees him or sees her very much the way that Colin sees her like now is this like little ball of sunshine um but colin in this fic he knows that she has a crush on him and he kind of like enjoys his ego being stroked and he'll kind of like lean into it a bit right to get her to blush or giggle which in a way is a little manipulative but like in the end colin puts his foot in his mouth he really hurts pen's feelings it's incredible angst like my chest literally hurts when i read it bro i want to just Fucking yes. that, Colin. Straight if, up. I know. And like, but then, guys, Penn, she cuts him out of her life, puts up those boundaries, and, you know, the relationship isn't the same for years. But they eventually meet on an anonymous dating app, and they reconnect. So it's really exciting seeing an older Penn, an older Colin, who have a little bit more confidence in themselves, finally meet. Girl boss. Yes. Stick it to them. Anyway, that's been our show. Please go follow us on socials. It's all behind the scandal sheets. Between the scandal sheets. What is our show called? Between the scandal sheets. Between the scandal sheets. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that from the beginning. I'll take that. When the the vape hits. Yep. I'll try one more time. You got it, babe. You can do it. Thanks for listening, folks. If you enjoyed the show, go ahead and follow us on our socials. We are between the scandal sheets on almost everything. Instagram, Twitter, or whatever it's called now. It sounds like a porn site. Yeah. Um, X. TikTok. I spent multiple hours today making TikToks. Just memes. Dude, and like some of those memes are doing numbers. Like, guys, like we're, we gotta remember, like, fame can change people. So, like, you guys got to help keep us grounded. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. One of, these da- one of these days that I keep tagging Nicola, I, I'm waiting for her to respond one of these days. I'm just... She's going to just send you an invite to her birthday party. <gasps> yeah, that's true. I couldn't make the last one, so that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Bye.